Welcome to the Next Level Podcast. I am your host, John Harris. And as always, we are brought to you by Apex Performance, the only leadership and performance training for the security professional. I am super excited to bring to you today the one, the only extremely talented and wonderful Katie Griotti. Katie, welcome to the show. Uh, I'm excited for this conversation. I'm excited for folks to learn more about you as an individual, what you do with SIA, what SIA is, because not everybody may be exposed to it, um, and uh, and and kind of just you know unpack a little bit around the services your your organization is providing, kind of your space in that, and then discover and discuss some of the trends we're seeing specifically with. Uh, talent development and the entry of talent and the the either uh, lack of or ability to retain that great talent and the and the and the uh, part that you and the organization play in that. So, uh, welcome, happy to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. So awesome. I'm Kate, as you said, Katie Griotti with Sia, and that's kind of the the rise lady, if you will. <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> Well, and that's how you and I first uh, first got to know each other. So I've I've been uh, involved with with Rise in, in some form or fashion for you know half a decade, and and really since kind of the early years of its inception. And for those who don't know what Rise is, it's a uh, emerging leaders, young professional organization within SIA. Um, and SIA is one of the. So again, I'm not going to assume everyone knows what we're talking about. So there's kind of two. Uh, what we'll call marquee organizations and associations in the security industry. You have ASIS and you have SIA. And ASIS tends to be more focused on individual, in, like um, individual membership to the to the person. Uh, and SIA is a trade organization more for organizations and companies that operate in the security industry, while also servicing the individuals who work within those companies and providing value to them as well. Um, so. Now you've got the your your uh, nugget of information for the day around trade organizations and associations in the security industry. So Katie works at SIA, uh, but you didn't always work there. And and I love to ask about how people got in the industry because we all have our interesting, fun ways that we ended up in the security industry. So share with us, Katie, what did you do before the security industry, and and how did you end up here? This might be uh, an odd journey, but. Uh... Most, most are coming in with no industry experience. So I actually was a uh, social worker and addiction counselor uh, for quite a number of years before coming to Washington, D.C. area to pursue my master's in forensic and legal psychology. So you're going, great, why'd you end up in security? Uh, hmm. <laughs> I was working for a different association, which was my first uh, real dip into association work, and that was the American Correctional Association, and I was running their certification programming while I was finishing my graduate degree, because thinking they were so relevant to each other, and interestingly, a job came up through SIA, uh, through a LinkedIn recruiter for SIA at the time, looking for a certification uh, associate. Associate Director of Certification is what I started as. And so I knew nothing. I can tell you that right now. I was like, what are these acronyms, these tech terms? I have no clue what I'm walking into. But I will say I, I knew this, uh, the interview. I loved the staff at the time. And 
I it was a it was a no brainer. I love that, and and you know I think. It's it's interesting because one of the things I love about C, I remember the first time. So I grew up in Silver Spring, and I the building that Sia's offices are in. My my dad ran, was an entrepreneur and ran a a um uh a, a plant maintenance and and kind of horticultural company. And we would do we would we would do uh, um plant design for offices where we would have like flower arrangements and just. You know, flowers and plants inside of office buildings. Well, that building was one of the buildings. And so oh. I remember being a young kid sitting out in the old blue van when my dad would run up to go water plants in the building. So I remember the first time when I first worked for Linnell and I was visiting home and I was and I had talked to your predecessor and I was like, hey, I want to get involved with young professionals. And I and I go into the building and it's just Don, a couple other guys, just I mean it was and so I'm thinking like like this, this huge organization, there's gonna be so many people. And there's like six people running the whole thing, which, which, yeah. which, um, which I don't think everybody realizes, but also like one of the things that allows is one, you do. So the, 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 there's two sides of that coin. One is that the small team does a lot, like yeah. Ellie, you, the rest of the, I mean, there's a lot going on there. Mm -hmm. um, so I just want to recognize and acknowledge the team, you and the whole team for the immensity of what you perform um, with, with the limited resources that, that, are, that you use um, and how accessible, at least to oh. me, I mean, as, as just a, just a guy who was like, Hey, I want to come talk about how I could, how I can get more involved and just being invited in to sit down and talk to Don and, and, and meet with everybody. And then, and then the subsequent years thereafter, um, how, how like, um, collaborative and, and open, uh, you and the rest of the team are to, to, to growing the industry. Um, it's unique, it's unusual, and I think it's a differentiator in the space. And I think you guys do a phenomenal job at it. I have to tell you, our uh, senior director of membership, Kevin Murphy, he jokingly calls it the world headquarters of the Security Industry Association because people do have this idea yeah. that SIA is like 100 people and we're all, you know, cogs in this wheel. And then if you come visit us, there's 20 of us in an office space. And you do when you work with us, you genuinely get to know us individually. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really do think that that that's the appeal here. We we like relationships. I don't want to like just call and process invoices and talk about sponsorships. There's so much more to this organization. And that really is a testament actually to Don Erickson. He's wildly approachable. You know, everybody's a little timid with the three letter titles, right? Yeah. Don't know what to do. Don't know what to do with your hands in front of those people. And he's just not like that. He's going to, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's going to shake your hand. He's going to be like, how long you been in the industry and what do you want to do and how can we help you get to wherever you want to go? And ultimately that's, that's super appealing to me. I, I want to be at a company who is more about helping others than um, the ins and outs of, of a, of a regular business. Cause we are a C6 instead yeah. of a C3. So yeah. uh, we're, we're close, but uh, what we do, even though I knew nothing about this industry, and I was like, how is what, what I'm passionate about, how, how is my altruistic nature going to fit into a physical security association? And I will say what they've allowed me to do here is find my niche. 
and and given me creative liberty to take it and kind of go a little nuts. Yeah, so, and, and and let's let's talk about that. But you started, you, you know, you're in, you know, correction, you know, corrections, um, and and uh, rehabilitation and 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 you know addiction. But the the thorough point that I see, and you tell me if you if you agree with this, is helping people. Right. If I look at the thorough line through everything that you do and you're about, it's helping people. And and so, you know, one of the, I think, greatest misnomers of, of uh, maybe impediments to those to join the industry is uh, well, I was tell, before we record, I was telling you about how I just met a gentleman um, who uh, you know is later in their career, like like myself, who just started. He's been in the you know, moved over to the physical security industry from kind of the software technology uh, cyberspace and, uh, five weeks in, right. And he's like, I'm, I'm loving it. And, and, but he was able to distill it down of like technology providing value, right. And kind of finding this, but some folks, the impediment is like, well, I don't know, like you said, the acronyms and, and, uh, you know, I've never been in the military, I've never been in law enforcement. I've never done the, you know, like I've these, these preconceived notions of what are, are part of the industry for sure. And shouldn't be blockers to talent coming into the industry as you've um, when you came in, like how how did you navigate that? Because it, it's an it can be an intimidating, especially like I'm going to call it like it is a, a young female. You know, I had Aaron Mann on the show a couple a couple uh, episodes ago. We had this conversation, too. It's it's particularly intimidating for young females to come into industry. That's a, that's an old white guy dominated industry and go mm -hmm. listen to me. And especially in an association, he's going to be like, not just listen to me, listen to me, help you get a certification, do programming, do these kind of things. So, so walk us through, you know, kind of that, the passion of I'm helping people, but how do I, how do I find confidence in a place that, that where, you know, where not all people look like me. Right. Uh, so I will say starting out, it walking into like when any of the trade shows or road show that you're going on, because part of what I've what I've done for six years is very sales oriented and walking into those rooms and being able to count all the, the women and the people of color on your hand in a room of hundreds of people, you're like, there's no um, home base. Like, you know, somebody you feel like you could at least go and start a conversation with. So I would have loved to have had some of the resources that are out there now uh, six years ago and been able to build off of that. But I will say it was a lot of digging and feeling confident enough to to know your own value. Mm. And so if you're coming into that type of role in a, in with lesser self-confidence maybe, or your nerves get the best of you, it can be a, it can be a, a road. And I will say it took me to really feel like I had greased the wheels and was doing something uh, very productive, I, I it took me more than two years to feel like I was actually able to take something and 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 run with it and feel confident in what I was saying and my answers. So I've also made it part of my goal to be the welcome wagon, if you will. Uh, I want to know if you're new if you're struggling, if you, it's just who I am to be like, Hey, how's life? What can I help you with? 
like if you're struggling period i want to be there and say what can i help you with in this physical security world uh you know even acknowledging my ignorance and limited knowledge especially mm. as we go more technical let's not lie uh, I at least can connect you to the people who are who can have those in-depth conversations with you. I want you to know that you're not just sitting at a desk going, "What do I do now?" Let me let me get you in the mix. Let me do what I can. Uh, yeah, I want to see diversity in age, race, uh, type of positions being filled, backgrounds. I want to see it all. And when I came in, I will say that while it's better than it was 20 years ago, there is a lot of room for growth there. So I think I choose to spend my time making choices that hopefully lead us in that direction. And, and you know, the, we often can get um, our, having been in the industry for 20 years and going from that early professional who is very uh, uncomfortable and, and, un, and not confident in myself because I felt like I didn't know enough <laughs> to... Uh, a seasoned early professional who who could garner respect and had the certifications and had the roles behind me too, a veteran now, but who who admittedly like emotionally still feels like I'm 28 and sometimes, you know, acts with the maturity of, of a young, young person. Um, you know, I woke up one day, I remember having this conversation with you as I stepped off the steering, the steering committee at Rise being like, you know, I'm, I'm 40s. Like I'm turning 40, I think it's time to step aside and let others come in who can make an impact, still be a supporter, still be an advocate. Um, and so I think the the importance of that from my perspective is stay connected, stay supportive um, without like, you know, you said it best, like you came into the, you, and we'll talk a little bit about the programs and some of the things that you've rolled out and put together, that you're never in a better position to help or we're always in a best position to help the person we used to be. Yeah. So when we think about like reverse the clock, six years and you and I sitting in a room saying, God, we wish like we wish we're going to go build the thing we wish we had right now. So that five years from now, the people who are us now can have the thing that we didn't have. And it, and it shouldn't be about um, paying your dues as far as like, you should have it as bad as I did because that's how I got to where uh. I was. It should be, how can I make what took me 10 years? You can do it in two. Because if you're, if I can get you, if I can draw down that development curve for you, you can be more beneficial for the industry faster and then serve it back and serve it back. And especially in an era of digital transformation where things are being automated and machine learning is, is changing the game for the yes. types of roles and capabilities that we have. Um, we don't, necessarily want people to take 10 years to get up to speed on things and 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 nor should they need to i i no. um so so I, I i i couldn't agree with you more about like you know build the tools that you wish you had so that the people that are who you used to be uh can learn faster and 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 create more value quicker so let's talk about that one mentors the time program the mentorship program um was something that you guys launched and you had a a, a huge influence on um, I think it does. There's a lot of mentorship programs out there. Um, and I think I've been a part of it now, I think for all the, the cycles of it and, uh, there's nothing like it. It, 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 it really, I think hits the sweet spot of accountability, uh, freedom, and then impact. And what I, what I, what I, what I think is a mark of a good mentorship program is that the relationships live past the structured, 
uh, connectivity, which has been the case for for all the ones that I participated in. Um, so give us behind the curtain a little bit. What was the genesis of it? And then um, and how have you seen continued success and and um, and and folks returning back to it? Right. Like people keep coming back and after their mentors, after their mentees, they become mentors. And there's kind of this virtual cycle of community that's being developed. So uh, so let us under the under the hood a little bit on that. Well, I was working from home during COVID and it was after normal work hours. And I called Dawn because like I said, wildly approachable. And I just said, what can we do? Can I start a mentorship program? And he was like, well, <laughs> that came out of nowhere. And if you have the right support, go. And I was, you know, that kind of freedom's pretty rare. So what I did is ended up saying, who do I know that enjoys or gets value out of this type of, of work in this type of situation? So I called Bobby Louisant with uh, Meta. I called Eddie Reynolds with Illuminar. You were one of the first calls to participate and, and go over the design of the program. Um, and then I worked with some CS staff who may not have been able to um, work on a project like this, but showed interest. And so we all came together and said, what, what is the goal of this? Yes, mentorship, fantastic. Who are we targeting and what do we want out of it? And it was really a program based on what I had mentioned earlier, diversifying the industry in every shape and form. So we want people who visibly look different than, than the next person. We want people who work in a variety of roles whether whether that's you know the EVP of business development, which I think is what typically happens. You you see mentorship programs when you're like it's a lot of C level titles and people over a certain age. And I think we wanted to redefine what a mentor was. Mm. So part of the goal is again diversifying what we what we normally think of as a mentor and who provides value right? It's not certain people of a certain age with certain titles. It's people who work in the industry and have something to say and can help somebody along the way. Time, the time program, which is talent inclusion, mentorship, education, I should say that kind of defines the, the, uh, the mission. We just wanted to make sure that if you're at a place in life, whether your career is changing, whether you just started your career, whether you're a student, that you could get one-on-one -on -one life feedback from somebody within this industry. And I think you've probably, you can attest to this. While you might talk about security topics a bit, you also talk about a lot else. <laughs> so the program, it gives you a guideline, right? Nine out of 12 months you have a suggested a suggested topic but we don't expect you to go letter by letter and but if you like that kind of structure it's there for you if right. you don't let it be organic talk chit chat figure out where your connection is and and run with it but and and that's I, what's been i mean i because the one even the way you present it with with you know the 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 um the acronym of time reframes the approach and what what the what the aim is and so in and of itself there's this enhancement of 
of, of talent, engagement, diversity, inclusion, that, that when you, I remember being on the first call with all the, all the mentors, mentors, and you're looking at the zoom screen and you're seeing all the boxes and you're just like, this is an extreme, you know, and it, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's the, the, what I love about it is at least in that early, that first iteration, you know, I think back now, I guess it's probably been three, four years. And like you said, it's Bobby, it's Eddie, it's Lee, it's mm -hmm. Colin, it's mm -hmm. the usual suspects, right? But now you've seen like new faces that come in and emerge or people who get more interested. Um, and that's what I loved about it because it wasn't, and sometimes you just get like the rinse and repeat of the same old folks yep. who do the same thing, which there's value to that. Yep. You also tend to, um, you, you create a, a, um, a protocol or a profile of like, this is what it is. And uh, meaning that diversity of thought is lost. So it's great yes. to have power users who are always willing to step up and help. Um, it's also great to have new voices in the room and then be able to add new voices and, and see mentees turn into mentors. I, I love like, you know, my, my mentee right now is a CEO of a startup older than me and a female. And, uh, and it was a, when I, you called me, like, I got a, I got a weird one for you. Um, <laughs> I, I, like I, I, you, you, like this may not, this may be the best idea I ever had, or maybe the worst idea I ever had. We'll figure it out. But I remember <laughs> the first, the first call with them and, um, and the ability is this is someone who's, who's again, new to the industry has a great idea is, you know, is an executive. Um, and the mentorship is from the, the industry knowledge and product knowledge and just like, and connections. Let me introduce you to this person, connect with this people and, and do that. And then I'm learning from her what, um, like what being an executive, like what's it like being the CEO of us. So there's this, there's, and it's built into the system, uh, intentionally, I think is that there's always two way learning. Right. You, you prompt the mentor to also learn and understand. And so, um, you know, I find that really intriguing and really and 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 so as you do this, are you seeing um, uh, like like are you following kind of the career development of these 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 mentees and and how and how they go and where they go? Because I have some assumptions of like they, you know, I. I just, my hypothesis would be, and maybe it's going to take a few more years to prove it out, but you get a mm -hmm. mentee in, and usually what I see is they don't want to just do it once. They, they, they sign up again and then they want someone slightly different, or then they become a mentor. And like, then they're probably like, I want to be a part of rise. And then they're probably like, I want to do right. So it's like this, this, uh, um, you know, engagement method that gets them hooked and gets them involved, but it also teaches them a lot about the industry in a short period of time. Like how, how are you seeing your, your user engagement out of that, out of that group that, that uh, is a part of it? It's so wild because you see people on the mentor side who have never, it, you might've been a CM member for 10, 20 years, your company, but you don't see those individuals volunteering for anything and yet they are coming forward to become mentors and I, again I think it's finding that niche of people who are just so interested in giving back and creating something they didn't have mm. when when they were new to the industry so our mentor retention rate is like 80 percent mm. and even at that 
we have grown. We had, I think, maybe 20 in the first cohort. We're at like 55. So <laughs> we try to cap it because otherwise it just, it, it goes wild. But yeah. every year I'm amazed at the individuals who have seen us post about it and have heard about these great relationships and are like, let me in on this. <laughs> Or the people who, it's it's also funny, the people who, uh, the mentors who were like, I'm not sure I have anything to, to give. And I was like, are you kidding? You're a human. You've lived life. Yeah. <laughs> you have something to give. And I think the on that end, there's surprise from them about what they walk away with as a mentor. Yeah. And then, so the mentees, oh, this program was set out to diversify. And I can tell you, I, I take the mentee pictures and put them all in like a PowerPoint slide. And it is wild. Um, we thought we would, you know, have to push to find uh, any type of minority females and to get them to join this program. They come in troves and it is natural. Mm. So what you see at a trade show isn't necessarily what's really happening in the new hires. And the people new yeah. to this industry, beautiful. Well, and and so shifting gears a little bit into a, into a different program, we'll talk about Rise a little a little bit, but maybe more more um, impactful is Accelerize. And so since 2019, you have been instrumental in the first event of its kind. And I still think the only one that does it um, the way that that you do it. Uh, so young professional emerging leading fo leaders focused event security industry for SIA, um, you know, run by SIA, you know, SIA memberships or, you know, anybody who wants to sign up for it. Um, and uh, I played a part in the first one back in 2019, uh, somehow talked the team into doing it here in Minneapolis. Um, and it was like Minneapolis, between Minneapolis and, and like two other places. And, mm -hmm. and I was like, if you do it here, like I'll help, I'll, I'll like, uh, I'll find the speakers. Like I'll do everything. Just have it here. Cause then I may, then I know I can come. Um, and I just remember, you know, just w winging it to like, it was like, it was just a, it was a, a, an idea that then was a dream, which then it has wrapped. Like, I remember walking around at the mall talking to you. We had a pretty high, uh, ticket speaker drop out at the last minute. <laughs> yeah. and we're like what are we gonna do and so we're like we're like reshuffling things and figuring it out and just like putting it all together you know trying to get you know nonprofit trade association you know we're funded by sponsorships and getting people involved scrapping for every you know little dollar and getting it yeah, all we were. um and then and then i just remember just the the excitement of the day and and while all this is transpiring i get laid off and, yeah. and I get laid off from Linnell and I joined Guidepost during that period of time. And, and then I'm able to tell that story um, on that stage around kind of how like resiliency and positive impact of leadership and that whole thing. It was a, it was a great uh, experience with, and what was cool is I had former teammates um, from Linnell sitting in the, in the crowd, hearing that and hearing about it. But what sticks with me is what you just said around the diversity of that room was unlike anything I've ever seen on an ISC floor, on a GSX floor, on any event we went to, you're like, look, we have young engineers and and technicians and salespeople and customer, like all these different positions in the industry, very diverse, very, you know, male, female, the speakers, the panels, the everything. It was like, we've never seen anything like this. And and through COVID, we did it remotely. And, and, and uh, you know, in um, Austin, 
and uh, uh, in the years past. And um, you know, where where is it this year? DC. DC going home. I can't <laughs> wait. Can't wait. So, tell us about just like that because I see it as a huge success story and and we didn't know if it was going to work and not only did it work but man like some of my best friends Tim Wenzel uh Brittany Gowie yourself Aaron Kelsey Matt Mark you know Mark Faka Matt Phoenix like um uh, I met them in person for the first time at that event <laughs> and and it was a watershed moment for for me meeting people in the industry who thought and felt the same way I did as far as like moving forward in a positive way. So when I see the, like, I can see kind of the emotion and the happiness on your face around, cause it was like a child. Like I see for yes. you, it's like a, a baby. Right. And, 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 and um, not just to like get it going, get it successful, keep it going during COVID and remote sessions and having people who are so invested in it and connected to it. So like, tell us that story a little bit about like it coming to fruition and happening and then, and how it's maintained and developed as this one of a kind best in class event. Oh, so interestingly, I was, Rise was not a part of my job when I was hired on. And about year a year after the individual who was tasked with, you know, creating and bolstering the effort for young professionals at SIA had moved on to another role and they kind of popped it in my lap a little. And I was just like, game on, right? I love a new challenge. Um, and knowing that there hasn't been a lot of groundwork already done uh, allowed me to be like, let's play. Mm. And so first I got, Matt Feenan was the chair at the time. Uh, and that it kind of came along with a ragtag group of like five of y'all yeah. that uh, <laughs> that were like, let's change the industry. And I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> and so I was like, let me just hear what they want. And Accelerize, I took the uh, having Rise as a part of my my job responsibilities in like February of 2018. Yep. And they were like, guess what? We're having a conference in like five months ago. I was like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I had never planned a conference before. It was my first foray into that. Um, but honest to God, the reason it came about was because the five or six of you had been thinking about something like this for a long time. It's not like I woke up and was like, you know, it would be great. A young professionals conference. <laughs> I didn't do that. It's <laughs> not what happened. Um, I took and fed off of your passion for the industry and for each other. And that is why it is unique and stands alone and gets the support that it does. It's because it is an untapped group of individuals who want something to be proud of, want to put their stamp on, want to give to the industry as a whole. I am very proud of the event that we, I, if you look on the join SIA page, by the way, uh, the first thing that pops up is that photo that we took outside of the conference hall. Yeah. And I look back on that. I was like, man, there's like maybe 60 people in the photo. Yeah. And I, <laughs> it makes me laugh now. Um, because those are the, those are the supporters from yeah. day one. And, and what's, what's amazing, Katie, is that, well, one, a few things, 
I I don't know if there's a better way that I could um surmise that group of us than the ragtag bunch of misfits with just big eyes. We had no idea what we were gonna like. You came in and built the you were you were kind of like, all right, like I'm gonna wrangle <laughs> these cats and get this get this ship righted because we had a lot of ideas, not a lot of structure, and and not a lot of follow through at the time. So it was like, you know, who knows? We were, you know, it was um so so that it was like this perfect marriage of of like you said passion and knowledge and enough connection right so i want to give uh, you know credit to also the companies you know axis and uh you know Northland. guidepost at the time and northland and there was these brands who were who were all in right um you know um uh brandon was another one who was a part of that that group and in, in, in the beginning right mm -hmm. who like who really who who got these big brands who were like heck yeah we'll support young professionals and because all like if if Matt and Kelsey didn't work for a company like Axis who was like yep we're good and Northland was like yeah we'll we'll be involved like that doesn't it doesn't happen um, and and so you know that was huge to just get a couple big names in the industry to lean in and support uh, and send people right and then yeah. uh, send the actual people to the event. Right. And, and and have that be a part of it um so that so that was fantastic around kind of just the structure because i don't know like very transparently and honestly if you don't come into the picture that doesn't get done the way i don't think we have the impact that we do it doesn't get done to the level that that it did and who knows if six years later uh we're planning uh a dc event and and this is happening now it might just be this flash in the pan like like other things that happen in the industry we have this great idea we put an event together it, it it's cool it, it it is a fun thing for a period of time mm -hmm. then it goes away but what's what i find awesome is that that same team all of them are still in the industry and all of them have moved up and developed and matured in their career. Some with those companies that they were yep. with six years ago, many, most have, have moved on into multiple other companies and continue to have impact. And they're all still to some extent involved in SIA. And so I think that oh, was yeah. such, that's what's so fun for me to see is that, that original group. And even I'll have to go back and look at that photo from, <laughs> from the, the lobby. Cause like, you know, I know a lot of those people are still mm -hmm. Like I, I still talk to them. I still know them. Yeah. They're still in the industry. Um, so just a lot of fun. And so, um, and, and again, the, the content, right? So what I've always loved about this, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you, cause you're instrumental in putting the content together. So it's not just the hotel, the location, the, you know, the, the fundraising that all matters, but there's a very intentional focus that comes with speakers and content and topics. And right. so, I remember putting that together. We had, you know, um, you know, financial literacy for the young professional, right? We had one of my old colleagues who is a, yeah. who is a CFO come in and talk about a balance sheet. It, it like, you know, and she, and she didn't want to do it. I'm like, I just come in. Just like, I know it's probably <laughs> going to be dry and my, but I just want people to sit here and listen to the things so that they can then go get interested and research it later. We talked about philanthropic activities and how to support mm -hmm. organizations through volunteerism. Um, we talked about teamwork, talked about leadership. Uh, in other ones, we've talked about like demystifying the channel and 
and other, you know, all the things that are intimidating. We talked like when we first started, all those acronyms and nuances about the industry that intimidate yeah. us when we start trying to break down those barriers and make it accessible for folks. Uh, when and, and telling stories about, you know, we had a panel in that first session or that first year around women in the industry uh, with, with Brittany and Angela Osborne um, yep. and some others. So when you put together the content, you know, how are you thinking about putting that together and what inspires you to put together an event that is going to be impactful and, and move people forward and be memorable? I will say sometimes it's very tough to find the, a mix between the soft skills, that leadership, that, uh, you know, how can you be your best self type of workshop versus a session on supply chain or emerging tech. It's about understanding that the more you diversify the room, the more interest you're going to have <laughs> from your audience. Mm -hmm. And the reason we've never like broken out and done tracks is because you learn about something new and something that isn't in your area, probably at three quarters of the sessions. And that is very intentional. Uh, if you want to grow within this industry, you need exposure to all sorts of different security. There's things that touch on HR. There's things that are going to, again, we still do financial literacy on some level at every single one of them because it is such a, a necessary topic for young professionals, even not even young professionals. Sometimes it goes well beyond. And we try to hit it in multiple directions because it's something so real for our audience. Uh, we definitely hit on the, the hot topics and the trends and something unique to uh, to accelerate is that we've now integrated a debate, mm. which is something you don't really get at any other conference because it can be touchy. There are topics like facial recognition, like uh, where you <laughs> got to debate on channel versus direct sales. You know, these are things people think about and they discuss amongst their circles. But rarely are you going on stage and, and actually just like point by point, taking it in and getting that audience interaction. And what is beautiful about this audience is they want to know that speaker. They want to interact with you. They want to ask you all the questions, all the questions. Everybody, all the speakers during speaker prep, I'm worried they won't interact. And I was like, oh, no, no. Not this oh no, no. Yeah. no you should be They're worried about eager. the questions you're going to get and if you can answer yes. them. Yeah. Right? and i think accelerize by nature of its audience and by nature of the rise steering committee who gets to really assist in in creation of the content we push the envelope mm. we we like i don't want to do things that are already done and hear from speakers who always get the spotlight they do have uh, we do bring them in occasionally. Don't get me wrong. I think there's incredible value, but I want to see a new face talk about it. If it's your first time ever presenting on a stage, let's go. Yeah. I, well, and, I want that opportunity. And, and I think not just in what's what I find. So um, we get what I don't think many people understand if you're not inside of the working groups and the steering committees is we get a lot of agency. We get a lot of trust and a lot of empowerment to to go. There's not a lot of like um, 
asking Don for permission or asking someone, right? It's like, there's guardrails given, there's expectations, but we've gained trust over, and and it's expected. We're all professionals. We trust, you know, you get the blessing and the curse of, again, still six years later, kind of like, you know, wrangling the kids and keeping us in line. Um, but we, we do, at least, you know, I think what makes Accelerize so exceptional is we do push the boundaries of topics. We talk about things that that our constituency of uh, professional care about, and that maybe other folks are are less willing to take on those topics and talk about them, um, or that people are too self conscious to ask. Like I don't know this. Like again, when when yep. so when when we did the debate on channel versus non channel, there's probably a lot of people in the crowd are like I don't I already. Bless you. I always hear about this whole channel thing, but I don't really know what it means. Right. And right. so if you just have a conversation and define some terms and then discuss it, uh, it, it, you know, then people feel comfortable. Now they can go have a conversation um, or they can get interested and, and seeing like, I love the opportunity, like to your point of giving people the stage who haven't gotten the stage before um, or haven't gotten it often. Like I, my, one of my favorites is a couple of years ago, in Austin, um, Leo Des was supposed to speak and then got sick. Yes. And so we recorded some stuff and then Bert got to speak. I've had Bert on the podcast. He's a lovely human being, one of my favorite oh my people God. ever in the world. He yes. had, like he's always behind the camera. He's always doing like he's a behind the scenes kind of dude. And it was so fun to see him on stage to so people get oh. to hear him, you know, get and I think it created a confidence boost in him and a capability that has driven him forward through the career that he's doing today and what he's able to accomplish as an entrepreneur because he got to uh to be to be on stage and be a part of that. So I see it as a as a um a platform for for others and anyone can submit. So you go in there'll be the topics will be posted probably in the next couple of months. You can go in, you can look on the website, see what the topics are submit something, you know, even if, and if you don't see a topic that you want, submit it anyway. Right. I think that's what, what I'd encourage folks. So if you have a good idea, submit it. And, and, you know, the worst thing that happens is no, or, you know, some feedback uh, on, Hey, what about this? We can slightly adjust it this way, or would you consider it? So, yeah, I mean that I I couldn't agree with you more. Um, Last topic I want to unpack with you a little bit as you've, so we've gone through this discussion around, you got the mentorship program, you have, you know, your, uh, certifications and membership and some of that other activity that, that you do. We didn't really touch on that, but there's some of the, the like uh, SICC and some of the other uh, project management uh, certifications that folks can get through SIA. Um, we didn't, we also didn't talk around um, there's uh, some, some more like, you know, technical mentorship um, through the, uh, I, I forgot the term again already, what I was discussing before. The apprenticeship program. The apprenticeship program. There it is. So <laughs> yeah, we have mentorship, we have apprenticeship. So there's all the, and then we have Accelerize. All these programs really geared on targeting uh, new and good um, skilled talent into the industry, retaining, the in- retaining them into the industry. Because I know um, a, a metric that I've seen is like, 
within the first two years is when typically people will leave on industry. And I've noticed that just kind of anecdotally in our industry, you have folks who yeah. come in, if they, they stay in through two years, there's a high probability you get them through five. They stay in for five years. It's pretty much sure that you're going to keep them for, they'll stay within the industry. They might not stay in the type of career that they're doing or with the company, but they will be in the security industry. And we do have a, we have a graduating talent, opportunity, I'll call it. A lot of people retiring, a cohort of that 50 to 60 and older group in all types of roles that are leaving the industry. Um, And we're not getting new talent in at the same pace to replace it. It's not a security industry. It's not unique to our industry. We see it in a lot of places, but it's, it's visible to us. And so you're at the forefront of this kind of pulling all these things together. What, what are your feelings on that, that opportunity and that challenge that we're facing? And as you're interacting with these emerging leaders and young professionals in kind of that that five and last year uh, tenure, um, are we doing a good job of keeping them in? And and if we're not, what could we be doing better? So I would say that I think we're doing a better job right now of retaining, but that is because of programs where they get to talk about other people's career journeys, right? Mm. So it's crucial to understand that somebody didn't wake up and become the director of whatever and whatever, Mm -hmm. that they bounced around within this industry, within companies within this industry and gained experience. And I will say uh, the younger generation, we are a um, instant gratification type type of people, right? And so we like, we're like, how is this gonna be a career for me? Well, Let's show you because you're just now figuring out a lot of times what you want to do. And I don't mean like what job title to have, like what you actually want to do. And I think having the transparency from companies to be like, we hired you for this, but you're showing a lot of passion over here. Mm. That would make a world of difference. They uh, showing the flexibility within your company to actually care enough about your employee to see what they could really do would make a world of difference. Um, I will say I would love to see some more recruiting efforts going towards those outside of a four year degree. Mm. Because, yes, I, I'm, I have a master's. I love education. I would keep going to school for life. But a lot of the people who have made this industry what it what it is came from a non-traditional education background. Yep. They worked up. So why aren't we targeting those same populations now and giving them a chance to walk into this industry, become a part of something and make it feel like it's a career home? Mm. So I think there's a differentiation about what we're calling a standard to come into this industry when it was building and becoming the multi-billion dollar company or industry that it is, it was from a bunch of people who started maybe as technicians or as entry-level salespeople who had no idea what they were selling, right? And moved their way up. So let's go back to that. Why is the, why is the standard or the barrier to entry so much different now? Yeah. So that's take a, a step that's back. That's such a great point. And, 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 we're at a really great moment to have that conversation as we're seeing this this uh, technology convergence. And because I, 
again, I wasn't one of the guys who started in the career pulling wire um, through tiny walls. Um, uh, I started my career as a security officer, locking doors for four hours, then taking a break, then locking doors for four hours again, um, and working my way up to the end user side before coming up over here. But similarly, like that, and and so that there's a conversation happening on both sides of both the service provider, technology provider, and the end user side where I where I originally came from. I also think there's more opportunity to cross over, right? We we typically see folks in the end user role waiting till they become an executive and then going, all right, now I'll go become a sales or BD ex- yeah. and 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 the 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 thought process of like just because I was an executive as an end user, I should just get an executive role over here. Well, I did, and I went and took an entry-level business development job because uh, I just thought like, I, one, it was the only thing I could get. So, um, but I, I, and I remember my my boss, when I worked as an end user, asking me after I accepted the role, and it was an internal transfer, so it was within the same monster, you know, conglomerate <laughs> at the time. Um, and he's going, what, what do you think is going to be your biggest challenge? And I said, my ego I'm used to running a hundred multi hundred person company, a global organization. I don't have to ask permission to do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Now I'm gonna anything over fifteen dollars in spend, I gotta ask permission for. Like I'm I'm not a lot like like the whole game <laughs> changed and I felt like I hit reverse back to where I was. But you you can't be uh afraid of those kind of challenges and opportunities when the upside is gonna be so big. So saying that, though, you know. The 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 entry level technology jobs, I think, like the pulling wire and stuff like that, they they don't exist as much as they used to, and maybe in the future they won't at all. And so, where do we go look for? Um, so then, maybe instead of for, so it's a computer programmer, and yeah. it's someone who knows how to write, you know, JSON or program Python, yeah. and and yeah. you know, there's nine year olds doing that today, <laughs> yeah. and so. Like the opportunity to go find talent in non-traditional places that still can service the needs that we have and will have in the future without yeah. saying, um, you you know, but you have you have to have a degree, you have to have that. Again, I have a master's. I I value education um when it's necessary, which in most cases I, I see it as just like a personal development opportunity. Yeah. But I value it to continue my education and my own growth. Yeah. Um, if it was mandatory to get in, I'd have a problem with that. And I do have a problem with that. And I had a problem with it when I worked for a huge fortune 500 company that made it mandatory. And I couldn't promote somebody because they were, this person was uh, 61 years old. She had been in the compliance industry for 40 years and they wouldn't let me promote her into a management position because she didn't have a degree. And I had to fight tooth and nail all the way up to the highest levels of human resources and legal to get a waiver for the person who had been on, who had been in the industry longer than I had been on the earth uh, to to allow her to manage people because she didn't have a four-year degree. It was laughable. So, you know, there, there needs to be uh, common sense uh, used when, yes. when we're doing this because the future of our industry depends on it. You know, I think in a, in a certain sense, though, if we want to keep growing and having the impact we want to have uh, ultimately to keep, keep people safe and make the world a better place, um, less, less bureaucracy and less uh, uh, um, barriers to entry is the path forward. Um, Agreed. So, you know, in closing, if if you had one key message to our our uh, security um, 
brothers and sisters who are young, yeah. you know, young professionals who are trying to find their way in the industry and trying to uh, move forward. Like, what, what is your with with all your experience now over the last six plus years? What's your what is your advice and guidance to them um, in order to help them uh, keep going, be better, and have impact? The first thing I'd say is there is a place for you. Period. There's no and. There's no but. You have a place in this industry. You are worthwhile enough to make a difference and make an impact, uh, make a career. Even though you might be questioning it, you have a place here. And that's end all be all. Uh, what I do suggest is that you build your network enough to know that that place might not be where you're currently at, and that's okay. But build a little family around yourselves. And I will say the industry does allow for that. Uh, there are people here that will embrace you and, and lift you and help with transition. So build that up. Take a focus and, you know, everybody's build your network. Uh, I mean it, but find it. It's building the right network, mm. and it's going to take a little bit for you to say, these are, these are my people. It, but once you've found your people, golden. So be open to these networking opportunities. Take the chance, even though you're timid about going into a room full of strangers. Take the opportunity to go in there meet somebody and possibly make a connection that has nothing to do with physical and converged security. I don't care if you like dogs and the other person does. That's fine. Start there. You never know where it's going to go. I wouldn't have met you had we not really just taken a leap and been like, let's do this crazy thing. And over the years, it has been nothing but respect and love and uh, adoration, really, for who you are and what you do. So let's don't be afraid jump in the water. Oh, that's great. That's great. And, and I promise you, if you're listening to this or you're watching this and you, and you felt moved by what we said, then your people are in rise. So <laughs> sign up for there. If you don't know if your organization, chances are, if you work for a security technology company or in the security industry on the service provider side, there's a high probability that your organization is a part of SIA. I think what what tends to be is that if you're in like a leadership role or up there, you're connected, you know, and then you're a part of it. And so sometimes the bigger the organization, the harder it is for that message to trickle down and for folks to understand that by default, they're a member too, and they can get access. So I implore you, if you're if you don't know if you are, find out. You can go to the website. You can look up your membership group. If you're a student, you guys have student memberships. There's always ways to get connected. And if your organization is not a part of it, then encourage them to be a part of it because- <laughs> There's immense value. There's tiered membership. So if you're a smaller company or a startup, like we are at Hivewatch with, you know, 50 people, we're still a member and it's, it's affordable, right? So, um, I, I don't care if this sounds like a commercial and a promotion for SIA. It is un, unabashedly because I believe so much in it. It's had such a positive impact on, on me and, and, and the connections that I've been able to make and, and, and hopefully the impact that I've had on others and the alignment of, of the mission for me personally to have massive positive impact. And I think that aligns well with what, with what SIA does. So Katie, thank you so much for carving out some time in your schedule to have this conversation with me. Um, I'm excited for, for what's to come, uh, a homecoming for me to have Accelerize in DC this summer. Um, so that'll be fantastic. So folks, check that out. Be a part of it. 
as you mentioned, it's a one of a kind event in the, in the industry and something that is not to be missed. So, so tune in for that. And, uh, and yeah, any, any last words or closing, closing comments before we, uh, we wrap this up? Well, I know you do quite a few leadership discussions, so I want to propose a topic. All right. All right. Scary, right? Why do people with, with, uh, large goals fear the plateau? Mm. We're always looking for something new. What's, what's the next level? What's the next goal? And you talk about it a lot, always challenging yourself. Why do we fear the plateau? Interesting. All right. I'll, I will, uh, <laughs> I will think about that and I'll respond to it. Maybe I'll do. So what I will do is an individual episode on that specific topic as a response to Katie. And I'd love to maybe, you know, those kind of topics are great conversations to be having at a place like Accelerize where we can expound upon that and put it on, on a stage. So yeah, yeah let's maybe do some a panel for that. Do a panel of some, some folks on that. Um, lot to think about. Lots to unpack there. I look forward to thinking through that. So thank you, Katie. Thank you so much. Appreciate your engagement and let's go do great things. Yeah.